How's that? One, two, three, one, two, there we go. Uh, you had it set on go, and I turned it on to mute after he gave it to me. That's why uh, uh, I don't have nice things. Okay, back to uh, the, the uh, program here, Lunch with Pastor Ken. This is resuming after a long hiatus, and all this is is on the uh, Wednesday, October 7th, we start again. The first Wednesday of every month, we gather with a sack lunch, and we enjoy fellowship with yours truly, Pastor Ken, a brief devotion, and just some chat. Whatever in a way that the Holy Spirit leads us, we chat, and we have a nice time. Don't we, ladies? Amen. And gentlemen, come. Jerry, (laughs) come on back. Anytime, brother. So uh, enough of that. We will be celebrating Reformation Sunday uh, and All Saints Day on the same Sunday, which is November 1st. We continue to uh, accept donations for the Second Harvest Food Bank, donations in the form of canned goods, dry goods that don't spoil, and there are receptacles out in the narthex as well as over in the fellowship hall. And as always, we are grateful for uh, our helpers, and we're always looking for more. If you have uh, on your heart to help in any way that you can and are willing, please uh, talk to Ashley in the office or me. Really appreciate it. So now, without further ado, our opening hymn is Blessed Be Your Name. Normally we would stand, but since the music is piped in and everything, let's just sit and, and, and listen to it, and away we go. Blessed be your name Blessed be your name In the land that is plentiful Where your streams of abundance flow Blessed be your name Blessed be your name When I'm found in the desert place Suffering, blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. 
come together this morning in the blessed name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let's take a moment of silent reflection. Let us confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are our nature's sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. Thou wilt give them, and thou wilt let them We have not loved you with our little heart. We have not loved our enemies with our We justly deserve Christ's continuation of punishment. The sake of Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation. Let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, since we cannot stand before you relying on anything that we have done, help us trust in your abiding grace and live according to your word. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first readings from the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 6 through 9, and can be found on page 1148 in your pew Bible. We're going to read Isaiah 55, 6 through 9. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them, and to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We'll read Psalm 27, verses 1 through 9, responsibly, which is printed in your bulletin on page 6. David's writing how God offers help for today and hope for the future. Psalm 27, 1 through 9. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I see, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Hear my voice when I call, Lord, be merciful to me and answer me. Do not hide your face from me. 
Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. The epistle this morning is taken from the books of Philippians, uh, chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. Uh, no, verses 12 through 14 and 19 through 30. And it can be found on page 1,826 in the Pew Bible. And Paul's writing about being imprisoned has been a, uh, a chance for him to advance the gospel. Philippians 1, 12 through 14, and then 19 through 30. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to any, everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. For I know through your prayers and God's provisions of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Whatever happens, Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one up for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved and that by God. For this has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. Matthew, chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. 
and can be found on page 1529 in the Pew Bible. Matthew 20, 1 through 16. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and he saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. And he told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. And so they went. He went out again about noon and at about three in the afternoon, and he did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and he found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Well, it's because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. Now when evening came, the owner of the vineyard, vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them for their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those came, when those came to were hired first, they expected to receive more. But each one of them also received a denarius. And when they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work in the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, my friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. You heard this jingle, uh, hold the pickles, hold the lettuce. All we ask is that you let us serve it your way. I guess it's hold the pickles, hold the onions. Something like that. Anyway, there's another song out there. Apparently, I watched too much TV as a child. 
Um, there was a, another fast food chain. See if you can pick this one out. See if you've watched too much uh, TV. Here's their motto. You deserve a break today. Huh? Yeah. Mickey D's, right? They, uh, they wanted us to believe that because we work hard, that we deserve uh, a good meal at a good price, one that they would gladly provide. And that sounds fair, doesn't it? And, and we do work hard, and we earn a paycheck, and so we take some of our paycheck and we give it to the restaurant. Now, the employees at the re- restaurant, they work hard to make a, a delicious, if not nutritious, uh, meal for some of our paycheck. And we get a break from work, from doing dishes. We don't have to prepare our own meal. It's all very fair, wouldn't you say? But this morning, Jesus uses a parable parable to remind us that life isn't fair. We don't get what's fair. Thank God. He gives us his grace instead of his justice, which would be fair. He reminds us that his grace is for everyone because no one earns or deserves it. Jesus had finished dealing with a a young, rich man who thought that he was close to perfection, and he wanted to know what else he had to do to get his fair reward. But Jesus shocked him by saying this. He goes to the young man, go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor. In essence, he was telling the man, you're not perfect. You love your wealth and possessions more than you love God. Now, our friend Peter misunderstood this. He thought that giving up his possessions must have earned him a reward. And he asks in Matthew 19, 27, he says, Lord, we have given up everything for you. What sort of reward will we get for that? And while Jesus, he did assure Peter that he would be richly rewarded, he pointed out that the Reward was not something Peter earned and not something that Peter or anyone else deserved. It wasn't fair. It was a gift of grace. In God's eyes, no one deserved any more or any less than any other. And what he gave, that's God, was not fair. He gave them all his grace. In order to illustrate that point, Jesus told this parable that was recorded for us in Matthew 20, 1 through 16, that we just read together. So, 
what should we know from this lesson? Well, first, any time that we get into God's Word, we pray, right? And we ask, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. And then through that, the Holy Spirit can do the word to us. And yesterday at our men's group, I prayed, and as I always pray on Sundays, that the Lord would equip you to receive the Holy, the Holy Spirit, which you have, and to receive the gospel as he does the gospel to you through the words of my mouth. I ask that they might be acceptable, not my words, but his words through me. So the first part of this is God isn't fair to us. In a society without trade unions or welfare provisions, unemployment meant starvation. That these laborers would gather in a marketplace and they'd be waiting for any kind of work because any kind of work was better than hunger. And we hear that early in the morning, let's say it's about 6 a.m., the owner hired several of them who agreed to a reasonable wage to come work for him. Now, a denarius was a good day's pay. Let's just say this. For sake of argument, it's equivalent to $10 an hour for 12 hours or $120 for a day. And he sent them to work in his vineyard. And we know that it's harvest time. And several of you grew up on a farm. And you know that crops don't wait. The time to harvest is the time to harvest, period. In fact, it's going on right now across the United States of America. My family up north are harvesting rice as we speak. They work hard because it doesn't wait. And the owner found that these few were not enough. So he went out again at 9 a.m. and at noon and at 3 p.m. and at 5 p.m. And he told them all that he would pay them what was right. Finally, at 6, the workday ended and it was time for the paycheck. That's a good time of day. But as the pay was passed out, everyone received the same amount. Everyone got the same $120, even those who only work for an hour. And the workers who were hired, we read, the ones who were hired about the 11th hour came and each received a denarius. So when those who were hired first, they expected to receive more, but each one of them received a denarius. Hey, that's not fair. Their expectations don't seem unreasonable. After all, they worked 11 hours more than the ones hired at 5 o'clock. They worked longer and harder through the scorching heat of the day. Certainly, they deserved more. And as they watched the guys who only work for an hour get a full day's wages, they must have thought that they were going to get a really big paycheck. What a disappointment. 
What frustration. What a sense of injustice they must have felt. And so, they lodged their complaint with the owner. This is unfair. Where is your sense of justice? These men who were hired last worked only an hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But the owner we hear, we read, he responded, you want justice? Do you want justice? Friend, I am not being unfair to you. He said, don't you agree? Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. He gave them what was fair. It was not unfair to pay them what he agreed to pay at the start of the day. They should have been more thankful that the owner graciously gave them a job at all. Remember, any job is better than hunger. Now, what about us? How how do we respond when we see how God has blessed others? Do we get upset? Do we get jealous? Do we ask, how come God gives that guy so much? He has a great job that pays a lot more than mine. Or her life is so together, but mine is falling apart. He is always in good health, no matter what he eats. And I always seem to be sick. It's just not fair, God. I've endured so much for you. Why don't you bless me more? Or maybe... Maybe you could take it to a whole new level. That guy. That guy keeps sinning in bold and blatant ways. In fact, he almost seems to flaunt it. But then when he's called out, he just says, oh, I'm sorry, and the pastor says he's forgiven. What about her? She never comes to church but once maybe twice a year, and she's a member in good standing? I'm here every week. I'm here at every Bible class, every workday, literally bearing the burden and work and the heat of the day, and they are made equal to me? No fair. After all, I'm the pastor. Oh, my What a ridiculous objection that we make sometimes, my friends. How can we sinners, how can we sinners demand justice from God? Solomon reminds us in Ecclesiastes 7.20, he says, There is not a righteous man on earth who does what is right and never sins. No regular churchgoer, no elder, no pastor, no one does right in the eyes of God. So we don't dare demand 
God for what is fair because we know too well that we rightfully deserve for our sins. We know what we deserve, don't we? We confessed it earlier. Just a few moments ago, we confessed it. I am altogether sinful from birth. In countless ways, I have sinned against God and do not deserve to be called his child, or positively stated in another confession that we use here, I confess that I am by nature sinful, and I have disobeyed God in my thoughts, my words, and my actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this, I deserve God's punishment both now and in eternity. For the things I have done, for the things I have left undone, If God dealt with us according to his justice and he gave us what we deserve, what is fair, we would all be punished not just for our insatiable greed, demanding more from God in our malcontent, but also for our arrogant pride that thinks we deserve something more from God than what he has given us. What we deserve is to be struck down right here, right now, and sent to suffer eternally in hell. That would be fair. But thankfully, (laughs) full of grace, God does not deal with us according to his justice. And thank God that he does not give us what is fair. Instead, instead of acting according to his justice, he acts according to his love. He gives us his grace unjustly. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And in grace and mercy, Jesus left the paradise of heaven to rescue us. He condescended. He came down from heaven to rescue us. And living a perfect life, being perfectly content after giving so much up, he suffered the hell that we deserve. No fair. Through Christ's death on the cross, he gives us free and full forgiveness for our sins. No fair. We are sinless saints. We are God's dearly loved children. We are brothers and sisters of Jesus himself. And that's through no work of our own, no labor, of our own, no effort of our own, but only by what Jesus worked perfectly on the cross for us. And that's not fair. But thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. And God continues to bless us us with so much more Even though it's not fair, he gives us families who love us in spite of our failures. Few, if any of us, 
have ever had to sleep on the ground for lack of shelter, and we rarely miss a meal, and certainly not for lack of food. It would be more than enough if God just gave us forgiveness, but he continues to give us so much more than we deserve. But all that we have is by God's grace, not because we deserve a thing. We can, we can complain that we don't have it as good as the next guy when we've already been blessed so much more than we deserve. How do we do that? How can we cry no fair when we see another sinner forgiven, when we realize how unfair God has been with us in His grace? No, we want... Well, we don't want what's fair. And we don't get what's fair. So we can take what he gives us and go, thankful and content, knowing that God has given us far more than we deserve. He has given us his mercy and his grace, and that's not fair. God isn't fair to them. And so now that we understand what we truly deserve and how much God has given us and gives us still, it affects the way we view others. The workers in the parable who were hired first viewed the rest with jealousy. The workers hired at the 11th hour at 5 only worked for a single hour, yet they too received a whole day. That's unfair. They didn't deserve it. But the workers hired first didn't realize that they were just as undeserving, and the master reminded them of that. When he said, I, don't I have a right? Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? And the owner said, I want to give the man who was hired the last the same as I gave to you. God gives his grace unjustly to everyone. Everyone. To those who seem least deserving, to the man spending his welfare check on a drug habit, to the inmate in San Quentin or music jail down in Irvine, to the 90-year-old woman who comes to faith at literally the last hour. God gives his grace. When these come to faith and receive full forgiveness for their sins, even though they don't deserve it, are we envious because God is generous? Do we cry unfair? Should we? We remember how little we deserve and what grace God has shown us. We can show compassions to others as well. That's if we do that. We just, like those that I just mentioned, we deserve no grace. We deserve no forgiveness, no salvation. There's no difference between us. There is no first or last. God gives the same grace and the same mercy to everyone. Now, one of the criminals that was crucified with Jesus understood God's unjust grace. Do you remember him? He gets called out all the time. Though he had wasted his entire life of crime, life on crime, at quite literally the last hour of this man's life, he said 
to the other criminal who was still mocking Jesus. He said, don't you fear God? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That day he received God's unjust, not fair grace. He didn't get what he deserved after death. Christ said, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. And Jesus answered Peter's question. You will be richly rewarded. You are richly rewarded. But that reward is not something that you deserve. It's all about grace. There is no room for our pride. No room for our works. Instead of being jealous of someone else's blessings, we are grateful. We're thankful for the grace and mercy that God has given us in spite of what we deserve. That we were not just saved, but privileged to work for him. Not just as servants or as slaves, but as partners in the family business. As a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. We don't just have a duty, but we have a great privilege of bearing the burden of the work and the heat of the day for our Savior as we go to find others standing around in the market. And we get to declare the praises of him who called us out of the darkness into wonderful light. In this church, we have many labors. Yesterday was work day, and many were here in the sun, and they were taking care of what we have been given from the one whom all blessings flow. We have faithful stewards here who give of their time and their talents and their treasures. All who labor here could be doing something else with their time. All who share gifts and fruit of their labor could be spending their treasures elsewhere. And those who lend their talents to run the business of the church could be sitting back and resting in retirement. But they don't. Why? Well, that's how we are now in God's harvest field. It's not a burden, but a joy. And if there's a perceived inequality that some of us may be doing more of the work, then we rejoice that we get to do more for the Lord. It is our privilege to sweat for him. So in gratitude and thanksgiving and joy for the grace shown to you when God was not fair, let's get to work. Let's tell everyone about the grace of God and the grace that has given to them too. Let's tell them how God is not fair. Tell them now. 
Their last hour may be coming soon. The whistle may blow. The foreman may call it a day. And the day of reckoning will be here. And go, now full of joy, knowing that when that day comes, you will receive the richest of rewards. That is, you will be with him in paradise. My dear friends, no, it's not fair. But thank God, thank God that he's not fair. In Jesus' name, amen. Our hymn of the day is Seek Ye First by Maranatha Music. Please stand if you're able.
Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father We're in a hell of a mess in our country today, and sometimes we're not sure if God can fix it. I'm sure our ancestors thought the same thing in 1776, 1812, 1865, 1918, 1929, 1944, 1950, 1967, 2001, and today. Don't question God's ability to fix what we have broken. He's done it time and time again. With that in mind, let us pray. Dear Lord and God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we gather this morning to praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord, for keeping us safe throughout the past week and for keeping the COVID virus away from us. Please continue to shield us from this disease. Thank you for enabling us to safely gather to worship you in this sanctuary. We now realize the loneliness that separation from one another brings, and we appreciate the comfort and support that Christian Assembly brings. We have been taught that Satan looks to divide us and so doubt about your saving grace. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would keep us together and strengthen our resolve to resist the devil's empty promises. Holy Father, we pray for the safety of the firefighters battling wildfires throughout the western United States. Please send rain and moderate temperatures to aid their efforts. Also, please protect those in the path of these firestorms and provide wisdom to them so that they would abandon their material possessions in order to save their own lives and those of their loved ones. Guide and encourage the rest of us to support those impacted by these fires. Holy Spirit, please comfort the family members of the firefighter who died trying to save others this week. We trust that his soul rests in your loving arms. Holy Father, we pray for the safety of law enforcement officers throughout the United States who are under attack by evil forces. Help us to protect those who have sworn an oath to protect all of us and to identify and bring to light those who seek to destroy our society and the individuals or organizations that encourage and support such destruction. Please save us, Lord, from our own ignorance. We pray, Almighty God, for all of our citizens in the path of severe storms throughout the United States. Please, Holy Father, bring an end to the constant parade of hurricanes, tropical storms, tornadoes, the virus, and now earthquakes that threaten our nation. 
We don't know whether our actions or natural forces have contributed to all the firestorms, windstorms, and floods. We like to think we control everything, so it must be our fault. If the cause is one we created, please give us the wisdom to change our ways. If the cause is of your creation, please give us the wisdom to adapt and survive. You know, Holy Father, that many of your children are suffering and have lost loved ones both in the United States and around the world. Our collective and individual failure to abide by your precepts, your commandments, our sins against you have led to our misery, but you also know we can't stop, and your created fallen angel, Satan, encourages us at every moment. Holy Spirit, please remain constantly on guard for our souls and turn us all from listening to Satan and his demons. Only with your help can we withstand the influence of the devil. Thank you for all citizens who come to the aid of those in trouble and for those who encourage people who are destitute, hungry, lost, or in despair. The pandemic has led many people of all ages to despair, especially our younger people. Please guide us to encourage and support them with the knowledge that just like problems of the past, even world wars that lasted years, they were only temporary and that light drives out darkness. We look for your light in our dark world. Holy Father, please open our eyes to discern the truth, lies and deception being spoken to sway our decisions in forthcoming elections. We know because you have said so in Holy Scripture that you enable our chosen leaders and those throughout the world and that you act to remove those who do not please you. Because you have enabled us to choose our leaders in this country, we pray for your wisdom as we make our choices in coming months. Lord, we continue to pray for medical professionals who serve to heal our friends and families and all who are afflicted with disease or ailments. Please guide the hands of those who heal our loved ones and give us peace and trust in your mercies. We pray for the safety of all of our military members. Please shield them from all harm. Holy Father, we pray for those who travel. Please give all we love safe journeys. Dear Lord, you know we ask for much and we give little, just like the terrible twos in our own children. Thank you for not just tolerating our obstinance, but for wrapping your infinite loving arms around us, even when we misbehave, which is most of the time. Almighty God, thank you for our church family and our pastor. We pray for the safety of those who worship here and your protective embrace of all faithful wherever they are. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service. 
dedicate our lives to the care and management of all that you have made. For the sake of him, he gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection, he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks and then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us together pray the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Your pastor just made a boo-boo on the Lord's Prayer. I, hey, I apologize for that. Um, it's not fair. Thank you, Lord, for not being fair for what I deserve. This uh, communion is um, a wonderful uh, imparting of grace given to the children of God that he is named in his book of life. And those who are named are baptized believers, those who have been baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, those who confess with their lips that Jesus is Lord of all. And I heard you.
So this table has been prepared for you, even though it's not fair. So you may be seated, and the ushers will bring you up, and uh, thank you, Jesus.
Pastor went long again today. I apologize if it seemed like a hostage situation, because that's not fair. <laughs> I uh, am grateful that you're here today, and that it is makes it more of a family reunion having the members here, and I'm grateful. And as always, we say um, to those that aren't feeling that they can come out, it's okay. If you need to stay home, stay home. We'll be here when you're ready. But uh, it's better when you're here. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Tim, let's uh, cut our closing hymn a little shorter than usual, but uh, our closing hymn is Goodness of God. Of the goodness of God.